Welcome to the Avail Leadership Podcast, where our goal is to help you take your leadership to the next level. My name is Virgil Sierra, and today we're talking with Bishop Craig Johnson of Cathedral of Praise International Ministries in San Bernardino, California. Bishop Johnson is a husband, a father, and a leader who has decades of experience overseeing ministries and ministry leaders around the world. He has a gold mine of wisdom to share with us, so without further ado, let's jump right into the conversation. Hey, 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 everybody, we're back for another Avail Leadership podcast. My name is Virgil Sierra. I'm the Avail Leadership media host. Uh, I'm also the lead pastor of Vertical Church, aka Iglesia Vertical, in South Florida, where we are one church, two languages. And as always, I have the privilege of uh, having an opportunity to connect with an amazing leader, an amazing leader, an amazing pastor. Today, I have the privilege to lead this conversation. And all of you who are listening from all throughout the world have the privilege of leaning in and and learning from Pastor Craig Johnson. Pastor Craig Johnson is the founding and senior pastor of Cathedral of Praise International Ministries in San Bernardino, California. He is a man of many talents, uh, a man who's been in leadership, uh, both in the ministry world, but also in business and uh, in marketplace. And he's got a wealth of knowledge to share with us. So I am honored, Pastor Craig, to connect with you here on the Avelli Leadership Podcast podcast. How are you feeling today? I am wonderful. I am honored. I am humbled. And I'm extremely nervous. <laughs> because after that introduction, I really got to come through. <laughs> You got to come through, Pastor Craig. But you know what? I have a feeling that you're not going to disappoint. In fact, I know you're not going to disappoint because the Lord has had you uh, in a position of leadership and pastoring for a long time. You've And as we've shared in, 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 in conversations that we've had, uh, the Lord has been shaping you and molding you and uh, using your life in an amazing way. So we're, I'm happy to be here with you, Pastor Greg. And you know, I think it'd be a good opportunity right at the top here to share a little bit about your story, a little bit about how you got to where you are today. Uh, now that we have a lot of leaders leaning into this conversation, uh, wanting to know a little bit more about you. Tell us a little bit about your story, Pastor Craig. My life has really been amazing, uh, Virgil. Um, I grew up in the poorest section of Riverside County uh, in Southern California. Um, like Jesus, they ask of my neighborhood, could anything good come out of Rubido? The neighborhood <laughs> I grew up in was known for drugs, for alcohol, for gangs, and uh, the Lord blessed me to be raised by a spiritual mother. My mother and father divorced when I was very young, and she raised me in church, and it was truly the saving grace. Later on in life, as God began to use me and, and maneuver my destiny, I asked my mother once, how, how did all this happen? And she said, I knew when you were in my womb that you would be great. That's why I named you Craig Ward. So I had to go study that. Craig means crab dweller or leader, ward meaning strong. So I was scripted from birth to be a strong leader, and God has been true to his word. That's amazing. And 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 so Pastor Craig, um, from from be, from the beginning, this is the it seems like God's calling has been on your life. And then at, at a certain point, this whole idea of planting a church happened. You know, how, how did that how was that? How was that moment? Well, I was I was called into ministry <clears throat> at the age of 13. I was in the eighth grade. 
was a very interesting experience, Virgil, because everyone in the church world was trying to talk me out of it. But everyone <laughs> in the secular world at my school was saying, oh, this is great. Uh, I knew that the Lord was calling me into ministry. And uh, I remember coming home and sharing it with my mother. And she, the moment I hit the door, she said, hey, what happened Thursday night at such and such a time? And I said, mom, I believe the Lord spoke to me. I was in a service and said, I'm supposed to be a preacher. She turned around through her and said, oh, I knew that when you were in my womb. And wow. from there, um, at 17, I had a vision. 17 years old, had a vision uh, of planting a church with the name Cathedral of Praise. It's very interesting, Virgil. The Lord gave me the name years before I ever launched the church. And from wow. 17 to 31, I went all around telling people what I would do. And at 31, launched the church with myself and three other people. And uh, it's just been an amazing journey from there. Amazing. I love it. I love it. Well, this is just the beginning of this conversation. As you know, we love to talk leadership here on the Avail Leadership Podcast. Now, according to, to you know, one of your online bios that our team was able to get their hands on, uh, we've I found out that you've held many positions in the secular arena, including counselor, uh, program coordinator, social services supervisor. Um, was there a moment that maybe you transitioned into ministry from that, you know, and, and if so, what were the signs or what led you to feel and understand this is a good time to do it? You know, I, I, I think of the story of David when I think of how God has shaped my life. David learned to be a leader shepherding sheep. And uh, from the time I was a teenager, I was a peer group counselor. And then all the, of the other positions that you mentioned, I was business future business leaders of America president. I was class president in school, sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth, 10th, 11th grade every year. Nobody would even run against me. In the 12th year, I was ASB president. Here's the key though. I always saw everything I did as ministry. Wow. I never hid from the children at school, the students or the teachers that I was a preacher. They all knew every position, every job I had, they knew I was a preacher. When I actually launched the church, I was still working full-time. Uh, my supervisor at work knew I was a pastor. Um, in fact, they coached me to retire <laughs> from the county and go into full-time ministry by saying, you know, you have that big church. Why are you still working here? That was how they got me out. <laughs> but yeah, I always saw everything I did as a form of ministry. Uh, some people... Uh, are, are, are shocked when I say this. I believe Jesus was the first social worker. Mm. Because if you really look at the Bible, most of what the Bible talks about with Jesus did not occur within the temple. It actually occurred in the marketplace. Wow. And so I think God often raises leaders up in the marketplace to prepare them for ministry. You know, as you say that, um, I definitely agree. And and it's funny because I've had this conversation and this subject come up multiple times in leadership conversations with men like yourself, you know, men and women like yourself that are that have have led um, kind of in the marketplace. You know, some of them still still do, but it's it seems like sometimes God will 
uh, intentionally use those experiences as a preparation, as a, as part of our journey that that adds value to our life in ministry and and as leaders, as pastors. Um, so so I, what you're saying resonates and it makes sense. And I've and I, I've heard that consistently. Um, let, let's let's continue on here. Um, in your experiences, both in the marketplace and obviously in ministry as well, you've had a lot of opportunities to manage teams, you know, and, and manage individuals. Um, how would you encourage ministry leaders today or pastors or even business leaders, you know, who are stepping into that kind of management role for the first time? Um, or even if it was you, if, if it was, if it was, you know, Craig Johnson, the 20 year old Craig Johnson, and you were going to give some advice regarding managing people and leading people. What are some of the things you'd, you'd bring into the conversation? The first thing I would say is value every person, not just the people that you like, not just the people that work with you, but value every single person because every person becomes a part of the team. I've always, all my life, both in the secular arena as well as in ministry, I've always believed in the team concept. The value of the team concept is when one individual leaves, the organization continues. Whenever you deal with teams, there should always be someone who's an understudy of the person who's leading so yeah. that there's smooth transition irregardless of who the actual leader is. So I've always believed mm. in the team concept, but here's the other thing that if I could go back and tell myself something, and I kind of <clears> did this at the church, but uh, I didn't always do it when I worked in, uh, in the marketplace, is allow leaders to emerge as much as possible, uh, don't immediately determine who the leader is before you assess their um, accountability, their willingness to go the extra mile. Uh, I have begun a concept, and I started uh, 27 years ago when I organized the church, with just having teams function and no one is the leader. And okay. allow the leader to emerge because mm -hmm. leaders are like yeast. Leaders will always rise to the top. And sometimes <laughs> the leader is not the loudest person in the room. Right. You know, you remember the story of David and Saul? And Saul was this tall man, you know, and David David was his running youth. Uh, and, and, they're, and they're saying, you know, how could David be the next person? God says, you know, uh, man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. You, you got to allow the leaders to emerge because their heart will eventually reveal who they really are. That's good. Uh, you know, I think it's true. I think so many times we can easily be led by appearances or, you know, or resumes, so to speak. But when you really just observe, you know, I think what you're saying is you got to observe. You got to watch. Yes. You gotta observe before you appoint. <clears throat> That's the key. Observe before you yes. appoint. Because it has not always been the person of spectacular appearance or the person that first caught my eye that eventually mm -hmm. emerged the leader. And whenever I've appointed, watch this, Virgil, whenever I've appointed without observing first, it has cost me dearly. <laughs> and it is easier to ask someone to step up than ask someone to step down. Yeah. That is so true. You know, one of the things I've been doing with some of my staff and my team at Vertical Church um, um, 
sometimes I say, even when you, I say, even if you're going to, we call our team leaders, you know, the team leader. And then we have like captains, which is kind of like a secondary, you know, right. uh, uh, position. And I, I always tell my leaders, I say, listen, before you name somebody a captain, really, really think about if they, if they, you know, have those qualities that we're looking for in leadership. But I always tell them, and even when you take that step to say, hey, I'd like for you to consider, you know, take a step, say, let's do let's do a, a two-month trial period or let's do a, a three-month trial period and then we'll evaluate every month and we'll reevaluate after the 90 days, so to speak, and then that'll give an opportunity to speak into it. Absolutely. Jesus said, um, you've been faithful over a few things. I'll yeah. make you rule over many. And sometimes we give people too much too soon. So I believe I as, your, as your teams are emerging, Give people insignificant tasks that won't derail the destiny of the organization and see how they do with small tasks before you give them something significant that might shift the environment or the atmosphere. And then by all means, don't appoint or don't uh, give leadership um, status to someone who's a problem for you. Uh, My (laughs) grandfather uh, used to say, be careful how you... Uh, way down your wagon, you're the mule that has to pull it. In leadership, you got to remember, you're going to be the mule that has to pull this team. So you want to make sure that you appoint people that are going to make the wheels keep on rolling so that you have a smooth ride. Uh, And you don't appoint people who are going to be a thorn in your own side. Yeah, that's such good advice. Uh, for every young leader out there or every new leader in a new leadership or management position, this is great, great advice from Pastor Craig because I think that is probably one of the biggest mistakes we make along the journey is, is we, we appoint before we observe. I love that quote. And, uh, and we, we, don't, we, don't do the, we don't really allow for that time for them to emerge as opposed to just kind of pushing people out there. That's great, great advice. Okay, something caught caught my attention, uh, reading a little bit about you, Pastor Craig, and <laughs> I guess it, it has to do with uh, under your list of hobbies, you have peace and quiet. So, so that, that <laughs> I always get comments about that. Go ahead. <laughs> so, so, you know, I've seen a lot of things on lists of hobbies and I have some as well, but I don't think I've ever seen peace and quiet. So talk to us a little bit about about peace and quiet, why that's on your list of hobbies, and and uh, what value and necessity do you see in taking time to unplug and slow down? Well, uh, I come from a family of preachers. On my father's side, my great-grandfather was a preacher. On my mother's side, my grandfather was a preacher. So I've had opportunity, even as a young child, to observe. And here's what I found, that a lot of leaders, particularly in ministry, live lives that are not balanced. And they're all gung-ho for the ministry. They're full throttle for the ministry. And that's great, but they forget that they have another life. And uh, so I say that to say, as I've launched the ministry, and even uh, in the marketplace, I just always saw a need for balance. You have to know when you need time for yourself. Uh, My personality is such that although I'm always on the platform, and I'm always working with people, I am an introvert. Watch this, Virgil. 97% 97% introvert. So the way I manage myself is when I'm on the platform, I pour out. Yeah. But when I need rest, I get alone. Because if I don't have some alone time, that's why peace and quiet is on my list, uh, um, is this as a hobby. If I don't have time to replenish myself, 
then I can never have anything to pour out. Jesus said uh, he's going to anoint our heads with oil. Our cups will run over, which means you have a full cup and it's running over. Well, my cup won't run over if I'm deplenished, if if I have no resource myself. And so I think one of the mistakes that a lot of leaders make is they're passionate about what they do, and that's great. But you have to make sure that along with your passion that you take time for personal life. Let me just interject something real quick as well. I have three daughters, and all three of my daughters as adults are still connected to the church, which is not Mm. always true for many PKs. And one of the reasons was because they didn't see me as Pastor Craig when I got home. I was dad. We had fun. We did fun things. I went to their baseball games and their cheerleading stuff and their uh, dance stuff and all of that kind of crazy, all that crazy stuff. Sometimes I was half asleep when I was there, but I was there. And, And so balance becomes so important and so significant to your overall success. And here's the key word to your overall fulfillment in what you do. Yeah. Have you seen young pastors and leaders burn out? Absolutely. Um, Virgil, when I started in ministry as a young young man, there was about Mm -hmm. six to eight of us at the same time as teenagers in ministry. Mm -hmm. Over the years, I watched, Virgil, would you believe I am the only one who Mm -hmm. who is still in ministry? And what's very wow. interesting is that some of the ones who got out the soonest were, and, and I'm not bashing them, I'm just sharing, were the super saints. You know, they were all, you know, if, when I talked about, hey, man, let's let's go to the park or let's go bowling. Bowling, man, I got to study my word. I got to, and all that is good. Right, But right. man, where's the balance? Yeah. And so here I am, I just turned 57. I mean, I've been in ministry for 40 plus years and I'm I'm still going at it, you know? Yeah. I'm not going to go forever, but I'm going at it. Yeah. And the reason I think a lot of people burn out, Virgil, is they don't create that balance. They yeah. don't take time to replenish. My wife even shares with everyone when she gets a chance. She says, the thing I love about my husband is when we have date night, he turns <laughs> his phone off. It is my night. And when we go on vacation, he is not going to be on vacation talking church business. So balance becomes so important. You know, you know, now that you mentioned that, I, I love that. I think this is important. And I think it's important for young leaders and old, older veteran leaders as well. I mean, you, you can overwork yourself at whatever age or season of life you're in, but understanding the importance of <clears throat> resting, having a Sabbath, you know, understanding that you need to have those moments where you can breathe, have some peace and quiet. Now you mentioned something. Now I want to kind of go to family. You know, um, I know your wife Demi uh, is is a strong support in your life. You, you know, you mentioned your, your your three daughters, your three adult daughters, and you have a granddaughter as well. Um, yes, my talk, favorite talk, granddaughter. I only have one, so she's my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> talk to me about the implications of family and ministry. Um, you know, were there moments where where it was it was it was tougher to balance that out, you know, you, you know, or what are the, the biggest challenges you kind of see sometimes happening in, in leaders' lives and their families? Well, I, I, I'm a very open person. And, and so I don't mind sharing not only my triumphs, but my tragedies. When mm. I started uh, the church 27 years ago, I was not married to Demi. Uh, I was mm. married to uh, Sharice, my wife who started the church with me at that time. 
And I learned a valuable lesson. I was just so into ministry. Of course, I was still working full time. So I would go to work. I'd leave at six in the morning. I'd go to work. After work, I'd go straight to the church and I'd be at the church till midnight, one in the morning. And one day, uh, Sharice woke up and says, wake up, I need to talk to you. I says, what's going on? She says, listen, I can't do this anymore. I can't do this anymore. I'm not cut out for this. Now, we remain good friends to this day. And I thank God for that relationship because it's been healthy Mm -hmm. for the children. However, um, it taught me a big lesson. And one of the things, uh, when Demi and I met years later and married, I said, I pledged her that I would take one day a week and it would be our date night. Mm -hmm. And now I'm at the point where I take one month off from the church. I take a sabbatical every year. And most of my sabbatical is her time. You know, she tried to tell me, you need rest. Yeah, but you know, I go so much for the people. Now I want to go for you. And let me say quickly about the children. Children uh, are very adaptable, and it's how you lead them. Not only, see, a lot of people are leaders in the marketplace. They're leaders in the ministry, but you also have to be a leader in the home. I have three children, and as I often say to the church, I, I could tell you all kinds of ways to raise a child. Jasmine, who's the oldest, is by birth. Deborah, who's the middle child, is by adoption. And Tierra, <laughs> who's the youngest child, is by marriage. But I treat them all the same. In fact, most people think that Tierra's the actual birth child because she looks very much like me, but I had nothing to do with that. My hands are clean. But at any rate, you know, it's not its not how the family is formed because I know there's a lot of leaders who deal with blended families. And so I want to stand mm-hmm. as a testament and say blended families can work as long as you honor everyone in the family. Uh, Tierra still has a father. She does. I don't force her to call me dad. She does sometimes, but I don't force that on her because she has a father. And um, Deborah, who's adopted, um, one day said, Dad, I'd like to go find out where, find my parents. We searched and searched. We never found them, but I was able to take her to the hospital where she was born, you see. And then with Jasmine, who's my birth daughter, she has a mother. And I don't try to tell her to disconnect from her mother, you know. And so it's been a very interesting journey. And I'm grateful to sit here and say that I love all three of them. They're all three in church. Jasmine, who's the oldest, actually works the closest with me. But the other two are in church and work with me. And my granddaughter, I just love her to pieces. Uh, I don't have time to tell all this, but she did a video recently where she was preaching. And she was saying, as Papa <laughs> as Papa Craig would say. And she was just preaching at the end. Virgil, she said, whew, I'm sweating. That's why Papa always has a napkin. I'm sweating. It was so funny. Yeah, but family is so important. You don't yeah. want to give everything out in the marketplace or in ministry and then come home to nothing. Wow, that's great. Thank you so much for being vulnerable and, and open to share some of that. Because I think I think that's where leaders learn and, and grow the most is A, learning from the advice and the wisdom that from others who have gone ahead and before, uh, and then sometimes having to walk through through these things. But it is amazing how the Lord can restore and how the Lord can, you know, uh, through our challenges, through our storms, walk us through uh, and continue to push that purpose and that direction in our lives. That's that's amazing. Can I share something right quick? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I thank God for two things. Dr. Chan, mm-hmm. who coined the term leadership. Come on, leadership. One of the keys to being a great leader is to be able to lead while you bleed. Uh-huh. And I've met pastors and business leaders from across and around the world. Everyone has seasons of storms. 
and you have to be able to lead while you bleed. And then I thank God for the people of Cathedral of Praise, who the day that I stood and announced that Sharice and I were going to be divorcing, there was no impropriety, but we were going to be divorcing and why. And the leaders of the church, the elders stood behind me. And at the mm. end, I said to the congregation, but I'm not going to resign. And I got a standing ovation. That did a lot for me. And so how you lead while you're bleeding becomes so important. Because if you can remain humble and human, people won't necessarily leave just because you have challenges or tragedies. Mm-hmm. They can transition with you if you handle the tragedy correctly. Wow, that's 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 a great point. That's a great point. I think sometimes we just think it automatically, you know, it's over, it's done, or I'm not going to be able to get out of this. I'm not going to be able to bounce back from this. That's why when you have the Lord, all the for the Lord, nothing is impossible. So I love that. I love that testimony. Um, you know, kind of falling in line a little bit with challenges and changes. Let's talk a little bit about this past year, Pastor Craig. How has the landscape of your ministry and your leadership changed uh, in this past year? Obviously, it's been a year, literally, it's been a year uh, since uh, COVID impacted our world and our lives. Uh, what, how has the landscape changed and ministry changed, and, and what are you envisioning in this season? Well, first of all, um, This past year, the past 12 months have been the most challenging time for me as a leader and specifically Mm -hmm. as a pastor. Um, I'm in Southern California, and I'm in the worst part of Southern California when it comes to the COVID uh, pandemic. Uh, It has been, Virgil, over 12 months since we had an in-person service. Unbelievable. I would have never, ever thought that we would... (laughs) After years of time, people come to the church, come to the church, you know, meet me. Now I say, stay at home, stay at home, stay at home. Because the demographics of the people that I pastor, which is predominantly African-American, the other 20% being predominantly Hispanic, those two communities have been hit the hardest by COVID. And so because of that, and because we live in an area where it's been so high, um, we have not had in-person services. We'll be relaunching in April. But I say, I'd like to say this. Um, I had to learn to make adjustments and I had to learn to trust God. Uh, I am blessed to be able to say after a year of not being in the building that 90% of our people smoothly transitioned to the virtual church. They've remained very committed. Every one of our bills are paid. Virgil, as as I sit before you, we have more money in the bank right now than we have ever had in the history of our church. Praise God. So, yeah, it, and it's, I learned in the last year to trust God. Now, one other thing, to every pastor, particularly leading, listening right now, to every pastor, particularly who's listening, I think it's important to understand that all the research is saying that 50% of the people who left will never come back to the building. They're still with you, but they won't come back to the building. So you have to change your mindset. My mindset in this season is not on gathering, it's on staying connected. Right. And everything that we've done over the last 12 months virtually, we're going to continue to do because we've actually grown. We actually have a bigger audience. And we don't want to lose them by scaling everything down to fit into the church. Watch this, Virgil. So as we're preparing for reopening, what I'm saying is in the past, the, um, the virtual church adapted to the in-person church. 
going forward, the in-person church is going to adapt to the virtual church. I don't want to lose all those people. Our Bible study attendance has tripled, tripled. So we're going to stay 100% virtual for Bible study. Mm. You know, it's those type of things, those type of decisions that you have to make so that you can continue to be successful in ministry. That's amazing. It's it's so great to hear, Pastor Craig, that despite all of the challenges, which obviously have not been easy, uh, you've been able to see some great wins and even some growth uh, in the midst of this season. Uh, I think that's another sign of you know just God's favor, uh, you know, upon upon ministries and churches. Um, and obviously, I think it's a it's a sign of of good leadership. So um, thank you for sharing that as well. That's that's awesome. Now, in this season you've probably had a lot of time to think in different ways. You've already mentioned we're doing church in a very different way than we used to do it before or prior to COVID. Now, are, is there anything that the Lord's laid on your heart recently? Any passion projects, any initiatives that maybe you're pursuing that the Lord's put on your heart for the church in this upcoming season or for or you personally? Talk to us a little bit about that. Well, um, usually our church has four goals every year. Uh, each quarter we have a goal and all of the leadership uh, within the church uh, organized under that goal. But this year we have one goal and that one goal is to reconnect to the community. Got it. And the reason we chose that goal is because there are so many people hurting due to the pandemic and all of the transition it caused, all of the changes it caused, all of the things that became unstable. And so we've made that one goal um, our goal for the entire year. Now, let me tell you also that studies show that millennials and younger people want to be a part of a church that is doing something outside of the four walls. Right. The older people just want to come and have church and hallelujah and raise their hands. But the younger generation wants church to be socially active. And so it becomes important. And you even see this in businesses. Uh, during the past year, we've had two businesses who've given stuff to us. I was doing each month this thing called Supernatural Surprises, where every Wednesday, every Sunday, we would give stuff away. And a couple of businesses in the area saw one business gave us laptops to give away. Another business gave us, a court judge gave us money to give away to families. So everyone is realizing that if you really want to be significant in this season, connect with the community and meet a need. Watch what has happened. Because we made that our goal, we just last week signed an agreement with World Vision, and now we're going to be receiving tons of items twice a month that we can then give to away to the community. Here's what I've discovered. If you will have the right spirit, God will always bring the resources you need That's for so agenda. Don't worry about how you're going to do what you're going to do. Just focus on what you're going to do. So our focus was we're going to reconnect with the community. Lo and behold, World Vision contacts us. We didn't even contact them. Said, we've heard a lot about your church, what you do in the community. We want to connect with you. We just signed an agreement and starting in the next few weeks, we finished the training this week, starting in the next few weeks, big rig trucks are going to be uh, pulling up to the church and we're going to be setting up weekly systems whereby we can give items away to the community to become a resource that will minister to the needs of the community and hopefully also bring some more people in. That's amazing. That is amazing. I love it. 
Um, I think that is one of the things that's, that's really causing some churches to really stand out in their communities. It's because there's an, there's an open outward look. It's not just inward. It's not just us in here. It's how can we make an impact in our community? I love that. Thank you for modeling that uh, with the church. I think, I think there's great things that are going to open up even, even from that. Uh, so I love hearing that. Um, as we're wrapping up with a couple last questions here, Pastor Craig, uh, you've heard the phrase leaders are readers, right? H- have there been any good books that you would recommend or any, anything, a- any kind of resource that you would recommend to, to leaders and pastors out there right now? Well, I- I'm in my office at the church. If I was in my office at the, ho- at the house, I'd turn to my left because over here to my left the, at my home office, are five books. Now, I know people think I'm crazy, but I generally don't read one book at a time. I read multiple books. So I have five books I'm currently reading. The one that stands out, though, and has been very significant, not only for my life, but has been significant in the church, is a book by the late Dr. Miles Monroe entitled The Power, The Purpose and Power of Men. Understanding the Purpose and Power of Men. He also has a partner book called Understanding the Purpose and Power of Women. It's been significant because what I've discovered both in the marketplace and in ministry is that people are struggling with their identities. And the more we can help men understand their identity, which is consistent with how God created us, and women to understand their identity and how God created them, it is then that we all can reach our full potential. The other thing is as people discover their identities, there's less need for competition and, you know, pulling down each other like crabs in a bucket. You mm-hmm. know, we all have potential. We all have gifts. And to help people discover their identity is powerful. And that book has been phenomenal. We have more men in our men's ministry virtually <laughs> than we had in our men's ministry when we were in the building. <laughs> and so, yeah, I've, that's the book that stands out to me. The Purpose and Power of Men. I love it from from Dr. Miles Monroe. That's thank you for yeah. that advice. Somebody out there might want to pick that up. He's always has has had some amazing resources, um, so the, highly recommend that. Um, let's get a little bit on the lighter side of things here, Pastor Craig. Can you share maybe a funny story of maybe your early leadership journey and what you learned from? We we hey, we all have funny stories, but I think you have a few a little bit more than me because you're a little bit further along in the journey. <laughs> so so. A funny story that comes to mind right away when you said that was when we had just organized the church and uh, we were in our first few months and we were searching for a building and a former foster youth whom I had helped when she was homeless was working in a real estate office and she says, calls one day and says, hey, Pastor Craig, uh, you still pastor your church? I said, yes. She says, hey, a church building just came on the market and uh, I'd like you to see it. So I stopped by and see the building. Long story short, we get the building. Virgil, I know this seems hard to believe. There were eight doors going into this building, and all eight doors were different. One was blue, one was green, one was red, one was metal, one was wood. It was just all different. There was carpet going down the center aisle and across the front. The rest of the floor was concrete. There were seats that were theater seats that you really did have to have faith in to sit on because you never knew uh, if the seat would hold. In fact, some of them we had taped up once we got to the building. The windows were hot red and all of that. The platform up there, we looked under the platform one day and realized the entire platform had been made with old wood. There was rail posts under there. There was mailbox posts, all these wow. things. But here's the part. We walk into the building the first night. We, I bring the people and I said, look, 
Look at what the God has blessed us with. And if you could have saw the faces of those people, they were looking around like, this is a blessing from God. They were confused. <laughs> this building was in bad shape. But watch what God did with that. We took that building, Virgil. I sat with the board. We came up with 17 improvements we wanted to do. And we made all 17 improvements. And we ended up selling that first location for three times the amount of money wow. that we purchased it for, you know, and I will never forget that. The other story I'll never forget is the night, you know, I told you when I first started, I was still working full time and I walked out of that building, that same building and left my key car keys inside. I left all my keys. I was kind of half tired. And, and so I walked out <laughs> and as soon as the door slammed, I said, Oh my God, I don't have any keys. And, you know, um, I hate to date myself, but this was pre-cell phone. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> so my granddaughter the other day, uh, we didn't have cell phones when I was young. She said, you didn't have cell phones. She thought it was crazy. But anyway, I go to a phone, and, and who do you call at one in the morning when you need help? And I think I, I tell this story because there was a, a woman who started off with me, Yolanda Mitchell who I called at one in the morning and she didn't live the closer to the church. And she got out of her bed and came. And I say that because as leaders, particularly those who are launching and starting off or have small businesses, you need to make sure that you've got somebody around you who is significant and who is willing to go the extra mile. You're going to need extra mile yeah. people when you're starting off or when you're launching something. And I owe a debt of gratitude to Yolanda Mitchell, who was significant in my start. I love it. I love those. Those are great stories to remember and to tell because not only do you get a chance to remember, but a lot of people get a chance to learn from those moments, those funny moments. We all have those moments. Uh, as we're wrapping things up here, Pastor Craig, um, you're also a coach. Uh, you know, you've gone through Dream Releaser uh, coaching and all of this. Share, share to us a little bit about how, how that coaching journey has been. What's your favorite part about coaching? And, and you also started your own coaching company, correct? Correct, correct. I recently launched Fearless Coaching. Um, and that's yes. a whole other thing. But I see coaching too as another form of ministry. Here's what yeah. I've learned in life. Life is kind of like flying an airplane. And there are, you got to know what phase you are in in life. You know, an airplane takes off. Then an airplane, once it gets to a certain altitude, it basically cruises. And then mm -hmm. long before you ever get to the airport, they say we are starting our descent and they land. Mm -hmm. The most two most significant seasons, in my opinion, are the takeoff and the landing. Once a plane is up there, it's fine. Life is like that too. So I've been mm -hmm. fortunate. I had a great takeoff. We I've soared for years. And now, although it's not gonna be tomorrow, it's not gonna be next year, it's not gonna be next month, I am preparing to land. Mm -hmm. And so I took the courses through Dream Release or Co for coaching. I love coaching. It's working with people in a different way. It allows me to, and here's the key. Here's what I love about coaching. It allows me to help people discover the treasure that is inside of them. The Bible speaks to the fact wow. that we're like, we're like jars of clay, but there's a treasure inside of us. And so my goal <laughs> as a leader is to help people see that treasure inside of them and pull that treasure out of them. And then for them to begin to self-manage to where they no longer need me. So, so coaching is very interesting because you're literally working yourself out of a job, but I love it. I love it. I love it, Pastor Craig. I think, 
Uh, I think th- I think you also have the qualities to be an excellent coach because of your experience, because of your calling, because of the of the um, um, anointing God has placed in your life. And I think people are very blessed to be coached by you. If people want to know more about fearless coaching, how can they find you? So they can find me on my fearless coaching website, fearlesscoaching.biz. That's B-I-Z. Fearlesscoaching.biz. The church website, if you're looking for me for spiritual things, is copim.org. That's copim.org. I'm on Twitter. I'm on IG uh, as in two ways. Dr. J in California. Doc, uh, D-R-J-I-N-C-A. Dr. J-N-C-A. Dr. J in California. Uh-huh. Fearless Coaching Coach Craig. Very good. Very good. Hey, if you guys want to connect with Pastor Craig Johnson, whether it's ministry side, whether it's the coaching side, make sure you look for him on those social media platforms. You can also go to fearlesscoaching.biz or you can go to the Cathedral of Praise International Ministry website, which is copim.org. Pastor Craig, man, this has been such a great conversation. I think we could be here for another hour or two just talking leadership, but I want to mention something because I know you're aware of it and I know you've been blessed by it. The Avail Journal is something that keeps, it doesn't cease to surprise and amaze me. The Avail Journal, I think, is the Christian leadership magazine of the moment. I don't think that there's many other that are doing it at this level. Um, what are your thoughts? Have you had a chance to take a look at and get some of the content from the veil? Virgil, I get my magazine every single month and there <laughs> is always, always good articles in there and relevant information. I encourage every leader, whether you're in the marketplace or in ministry, to get the avail magazine. It will bless your life. Absolutely. Thank you for that. Thank you for that uh, support, Pastor Craig. And I will say to everybody, the good news is you can actually uh, claim a free annual subscription of the Avail Journal. In other words, you can get it for free for a year. It comes out quarterly, so there's four a year. If you uh, subscribe, you can go to availjournal.com. Availjournal.com. You can get your free annual subscription. I highly recommend it um, because you're going to find some great resources, great content that can help you in your leadership journey. Um, Pastor Craig, why don't we just, why don't you share a few closing remarks as we're wrapping things up here? What do you want to leave everybody with as we close up this podcast? I want to leave everybody with a statement that has been significant to my life. And that statement is, adjustment is key to advancement and sacrifice is key to success. Let me say it wow. again. Wow. Yeah, say that again to advancement and sacrifice is significant to success. I believe if you want to advance, you got to always be willing to adjust. You got to remain flexible and you got to know that if you want to experience success, you've got to be willing to sacrifice. Listen to what Jesus said. He said in John 10 and 11, he said the good shepherd gives. He lays down his life for a friend. A lot of people cannot experience success because they want to take. They want to know what they're going to receive. Be a giver. My mantra is I live to give. One of the reasons I connect with Dr. Chan is because Dr. Chan is such a giver. He just gives and gives. I'm here to tell you, if you will make adjustments, you will experience advancement. And if you will sacrifice, you will definitely experience success. 
I love that. Great advice. Drop the mic right there. Great advice for Pastor Craig Johnson. Um, you know, uh, it, it really is an honor for us to have you as a guest on the Avail Leadership Podcast, Pastor Craig. Uh, you know, uh, side note for everybody listening or watching, Pastor Craig and I actually met uh, at a pastor's retreat uh, with Dr. Yeah. Sam Chand. Uh, that, that was literally about a month before our world went crazy. <laughs> But I love it because I love going to those learning environments and I love connecting and rubbing elbows with pastors like yourself, um, Pastor Craig, because the Lord's hand is upon you and your ministry uh, and it is a blessing to us. So on behalf of the Avail Leadership team, on behalf of myself, we honor you, Pastor Craig. We bless you. We thank God for your life, for your ministry, for your family, and for all that the Lord you know, still has in store for you uh, through ministry, through coaching, and through so many other uh, outlets, I'm sure, that uh, he's showing you along the journey. We're proud of you. We're thankful for your life. And, and for us, it's a great honor. Well, thank you so very much. I appreciate the opportunity. I want to just take, share with everyone that if I can help you, I'm more than willing, and if I cannot help you, I promise I will not hurt you. <laughs> I like that. I like that. Uh, thank you so much, Pastor Craig. What a blessing. Hey, everybody. Thanks for connecting with us for another episode of the Avail Leadership Podcast. It is a blessing for us to learn together, to grow together, and to dabble in the art of leadership, which is our heart here at Avail Leadership. We'll see you next time right here on the Avail Leadership Podcast. We hope you've been encouraged by this conversation with Bishop Craig Johnson. Remember, you can connect with Bishop Craig at copim.org or at fearlesscoaching.biz. For more leadership resources, check us out at theartofleadership.com. Make sure to claim your free annual subscription of the Avail Journal at availjournal.com. And if you'd like to connect to our growing leadership community on Facebook, visit availleadershipconnect.com. As always, I'm Virgil Sierra, and thank you for connecting with us to learn the art of leadership here at the Avail Leadership Podcast.